You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is a five-part series showcasing the testimony of Glenn Yoder. This is part four of five. In 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says, There is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. They cannot make you, man cannot make you fear. Fear is still an emotion that we choose to respond to. We do not have to respond to it. God has made provision and has, has showered us with his love and made his grace sufficient. Remember how Paul prayed that the thorn should be removed from his flesh. And, uh, you know, people have speculated as to what that thorn was. But I think it is good that the Bible doesn't tell us what it was. That means you can apply it to your life, whatever thorn is in your life, and what you would like. You would so much like it just to go away. But it doesn't go away. You know, God would tell you the same thing he told Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee. And you know what Paul then said? Most gladly, most gladly, will I suffer that affliction that the grace of God may be upon me, that the power of Christ may be upon me, may rest upon me. And so he he rejoiced in it and went right on. Now, really, I surmise it this way. If you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. If you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. Now, the other one is this matter of ignorance. The Amish might tell you that uh, they choose not to go beyond the eighth grade. Well, part of that reason is when we went to school, we all, we all, we, we couldn't wait until we got through the eighth grade to be at home on the farm to work. I mean, that was the big thing to be at home. I mean, going to school was a sissy thing. And the sooner we get out of that place, the better off it is. In fact, if it wouldn't be for the law requiring it that, they wouldn't go. Because what does this knowledge do? Because we studied things that, that uh, we were told won't do us any good anyhow. It's kind of hard to study things under that kind of a attitude, but I challenge any Amishman that would say that, well, they choose not to go beyond 8th grade, you know, they would have a choice. They do not have a choice. If you'd go beyond 8th grade education, you would not be at peace with the Amish church. There is no choice. So you, ha- you have to start, you have to, you have to uh, check out at that time. Well, you see what the life, one of the things, uh, the uh, farming or their type of lifestyle doesn't require an education beyond the eighth grade. That's understood. But what about somebody who would say, you know what, I'd like to, to, uh, to increase my education in some technology. There's, that would be a threat to their system. Ignorance is a part of their fence. And the same attitude extends to the spiritual realm. They even warn their people don't read your Bible too much. Don't study too deeply in the Word of God. And if you'd say why, they can cite you a lot of cases. Look at what the Yoders did. Yeah, yeah before they ever left the Amish, they really got excited about the Word. They started reading their Bibles. Yeah. Look at what the Shrocks did. They started reading their Bibles, the Bond Triggers. Yeah. Yeah. And look what they did. 
They deserted the faith. So we know it must be wrong. Best just leave it to the preachers. The studying of God's word. But my Bible says we are to feed upon the word of God, upon the sincere milk of the word of God that Amen. we may grow thereby. And folks, I haven't finished growing yet. Why this attitude? Because it is a threat to their comfortable setting. You see, where ignorance rules, knowledge is a threat. Where ignorance is king, knowledge is dangerous to that king. Right. Somebody put it this way, among the blind, the one-eyed man is king. One of the severest warnings that we got when we were leaving the Amish was that you will lose your family. This, was a, this indeed was a scary thought. We were told that you'll be on a one-way street and you can't come back. Your kids will run away from home. In no time at all, you'll have divorce in your families. Husbands will leave their wives and wives will leave their husbands. And there's nothing closer to my heart than my family. Amen. And I did take that very serious. And I thought about it and laid awake about it. But I thank God that I can tell you tonight, in spite of that, we took a step of faith, believing that God would finish what he started. Amen. And I would like to tell you tonight, to testify tonight to God's goodness and God's faithfulness in that area in particular. 20 years ago, that was. 20 years later, our oldest son is now 29 years old. He's the youth pastor at Community Baptist Church in Lansing, Michigan. Amen. Right. Very rigid. Uh, some people would call it a rigid church. They got strong standards. Amen. And he's only also a deacon in that church, the only only deacon in the church. They're waiting for more to be qualified. Quite a good-sized church. But I thank God for him and his wife. They they just uh, they had their fifth child, um, four girls, and finally got one boy. Right. Named that boy after Grandpa, would you believe? Amen. <laughs> and then there's Edith, our, the second of our children, the only girl that we had, and God gave her on my birthday, January the 20th. And so what a birthday gift that was. Well, uh, Edith uh, went to Bible College at Crown College in, uh, in Tennessee, and uh, a two-year course. She's now married to a preacher boy, Paul Horn. Many of you know him. He used to be a faithful attendee to the youth rallies here, and uh, they're in charge of a big bus route on Gary, Indiana, yeah. the capital, crime capital of the world. Um, well, I mean, of, of our country. But I thank God for that. When I pray for them, I thank God for it. And then there's Orly. The third one of our children is the youth uh, leader here at, at the Philadelphia Baptist Church. And I praise God for um, that. That's a blessing. Yeah. And I know that he's, he's loved here and supported and strengthened and growing in the knowledge and the yeah. wisdom of, of uh, church leadership. Praise God for that. And then there's Herman. Herman is uh, going to Bible college in his third year at Fairhaven Baptist College up in Chesterton, Indiana, uh, taking pastoral theology. Amen. God has called him to preach, and uh, we're uh, anxious to see what God will do in his life. Amen. And then there's Floyd. He's the baby of the family, and he has to hear that a lot. 
But uh, he, for a long time, he took exercise. You know, the boys always run over him at home, but he took exercise, and now they're all scared of him, his brothers. He can actually, he can actually whip them. But, uh, but uh, he's helping out a great deal over at our church. He leads the singing and uh, teaches the Sunday school class, but more importantly than that, goes out on visitation, knocks on doors, invites kids to come to church, and picks, picks them up and brings them to church. And we appreciate that. I'm simply saying that to say this, God is faithful. Amen. God won't let you down if you trust him. And then you, you trust him and trust his word. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go when he's old. He will not depart from it. Amen. That's true. I can identify with John, uh, John when he said in 3 John uh, verse 4, when he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Amen. And the older I get, the deeper that appreciation goes. A great milestone in my life was in 1985 when I was ordained to be a Baptist preacher. And that took place right here in this church. I remember standing up here as they, as they grilled me, the pastors, and asked me all sorts of questions, doctrinal questions. And then I was able to answer those to the satisfactory of those who were examining uh, myself and was ordained to be a Baptist preacher. Amen. It was not long after that that I was called to pastor Community Baptist Church. And they never have been able to get rid of me since. But uh, God has been so good throughout the years. And I tell you, uh, at that time, I remember how the preacher challenged me at that time. The same way that Paul challenged Timothy. He said, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, uh, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now, the reproving, the rebuking, and exhorting sometimes is not the fun thing. I love to preach behind the pulpit. But you know what? That goes along with being a pastor. It's one of the things required. Right. Because the Bible says, a time, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will heap unto themselves teachers after their own lust, will heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. You know who that is? That's not talking about the drunk down the street. That's not talking about the infidels and the atheists and the agnostics uh, that don't come to church. That's talking about church people. They come to church, but don't, they don't want to hear the unadulterated Word of God as it is. You preach against other people's sin, but don't preach against mine, okay? I hope I can say with Paul one day in that same chapter where he said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness that the Lord himself shall give unto me at that day, not to me only, but to all them who love thy appearing. And I love that. That means everybody can get a crown to love God's appearing. It's looking forward to when Jesus comes back. Are you looking forward to that day? Really? Preach the gospel. That means preach it. When the Bible says, ye must be born again, that's what I say. And that's why when I ask people, are you a born again Christian? I have more than, than I can count right now. I've had people respond, well, I'm a Christian, but not the born again kind. Listen, folks, that's the only kind there is, is the born again kind. And you might as well say it. So that's, be careful when you say, are you a Christian? And this is what some of you do. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. Then you shake hands. Oh, what wonderful fellowship. We'll meet in heaven someday. And they're on their way to hell. Because they're trusting something else other than faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ as their Savior. So be more specific than that, okay? When you ask them, are you the born again kind? And it's even good to ask, how did you get saved? I had a fellow told me, tell me the other day. He said, oh, I was, I was confirmed. 
a confirmed Lutheran. In fact, within this last, it, it was just this last year, one of the one of our families brought grandma along to church. And after church, we shaken hands. As she went by, she said, I'd love to come to church here. I said, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you came. I, and I asked her, are you a born-again Christian? Do you know that you've been born again? And she said, I was confirmed when I was 12 years old in a Lutheran church. And I just smiled and said, that's wonderful. Could I come over this week, sometime this week, and tell you that what the Bible says about being confirmed? She said, yes, I'd love that. And I went over, along with her family, and she was sitting on the couch. And that day, she received Christ as her Savior. Amen. And she'll tell you to this day that that's when she got saved. Amen. Understanding the difference between confirmation and being born again. By the way, tell me what the Bible says about confirmation. You see, I didn't have to go that route because we just went to the born again part. She never asked about being confirmed or where you read about being confirmed. Our charge thee before God preached the word. Amen. Luke chapter 13, verse 3 and 5, the same thing says, Nay, but I tell you, unless ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. How about that? Amen. You be careful when you go out and ask somebody just to repeat the, repeat the words of the sinner's prayer and then tell them they're saved. The Bible says repent, and unless there's repentance, repentance there is no salvation. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, gives a beautiful invitation. Ah, but it says, The Spirit and the Bride says, Come. And whosoever that heareth, let him come. And whosoever that will, let him come. Whosoever that thirst, let him come. And drink of the water of life freely. It's free. And praise God. That's what I want to preach. Amen. Yes, there's other things I enjoy doing. But there's no place on this earth that I am more at home than behind a pulpit. Amen. Paul said this to the Romans. He said, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Here's why. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen. Amen. Today, I think sometimes we need to make that, you make to the religious first, and to the lost, we better make sure we're also telling religious people how to be saved. Yes, because right. Nicodemus, in our text tonight, he was as lost as he could be that night, but he, was a, he had zeal for God. He had all the merit badges that a Pharisee could have. He had memorized the scriptures, what he needed to memorize, but he was lost on his way to hell. And Jesus told him, you must be born again you, if you get to the kingdom of heaven. And you see, three different times, he told him that because Nicodemus tried to change the subject. Has ever that ever been done for you? Well, preacher, you're talking about salvation. He says, I just want to, want to know what you think about smoking. He said, well, let's, 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 can we finish this subject first? See, it's best not to go to those other areas until you, until you dress. The, well, just what Jesus did, he stayed right on the subject of salvation. Amen. Right on the subject. They could have talked about a lot of other social things. Amen. By the way, if you want to know what I think about smoking, see me after the service. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.